everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast Cluster Fudge or yeah. the Cluster Fudge Podcast, whatever you want to call it. I believe you wanted to talk about one of the things that came up at uh, recently, the recent San Diego Comic Con 2016 was that Hulk yeah. is going to appear in Thor 3. There's a lot of stuff that, um, yeah, like they haven't showed any video footage of it, but I've heard some rumblings about what the plot is. Um, it's called Ragnarok, which basically means yeah, right. End Isn't of the it world. the destruction yeah. of um, the destruction of Asgard? Asgard is Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hulk is supposed to be involved. In fact, they showed some some props from the movie, and it looks like the Hulk armor that was used in the comic book Planet Hulk, and that was basically the Hulk dressed up as a gladiator fighting in a gladiator arena against giant aliens and such. Uh, to the death, basically. And it would be, from what I'm hearing is, there is a one-on-one fight with Hulk and Thor in a gladiatorial style in this movie, which would be awesome. Because anything, anytime Hulk fought Thor in the comic books, I, I always ran to see it. I uh, picked up an issue of when they originally fought, like an original printing. It was in horrible condition, by the way, this comic book. Um, it's got like like rips and tears and swastikas drawn all over it. But I found it in the fifty oh cent bin. Yeah, I found it in the fifty cent bin because no one wanted to pay for it. But it was an original printing of this comic book that came out in like nineteen sixty three of the Hulk fighting Thor for the first time. And I was like, I gotta have it. So fifty cents very much worth the money. And um, even you know, flash forward today, it's still a steal, even though it's completely defaced. Uh, but regardless, like anytime Thor and Hulk fought, it was always cool to see. And I think that's going to be great for this movie. Like, honestly, I wasn't that into the previous two Thor movies. There were some aspects of it I liked, but, like, I wasn't into it as a whole. Hearing that Thor's going to fight Hulk in this movie, I'm like, I'm there. I'm already good. I'm into it. I'm excited. Well, I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, the two Thor movies. I mean, I think the... Um, no, you know what? Well, I'm sorry. Let me check that. The first Thor movie, I felt like there should have been more of him being humbled mm-hmm. on Earth where he starts to accept his role yeah. as having his powers removed and just being a normal yokel. Right. Where he earns that humility, he decides, oh, I should help people. I shouldn't just be a warmongering ass. Right. Uh, I should like, oh, it's nice to be nice. Mm-hmm. And that's how he becomes, you know, now I've earned Majlorlin. Uh, I've earned it again Mjolnir. because I, yeah, yeah Mjolnir because I sacrificed, even though I didn't have powers, mm-hmm. for the nice townsy people that I met in this, uh, you know, Albuquerque town. No, yeah, you're right. The, the character arc now. wasn't that apparent. It was like one day I'm an asshole. Next day yeah. Loki says, "Hey, Dad's dead." And he's like, "Oh, I feel bad." Right. And then the next day he's back on top. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't. So see the that was rushed. No, he didn't at all. Um, the second one I like better than the first one. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. Uh, you know, I like this play between Loki. Uh, so you know, I, and I like Hulk. I like the whole character. It's tough to work with, you know, that character. He's been problematic yeah. by himself, so right. it's good to have him in this movie, but it's fun to have him around. Thor on Asgard, I think, works, because Thor, uh, Hulk is, you know, in on Earth, he outmatches everything. But on Asgard, there's all sorts of things, you know, ice giants, giant trolls, the, the, the fire demon Surtur, like all these things that, you know, can kind of give him a run for his money, you know what I mean? This is true. Here's 
Here's where I'm going to say there may be a problem. Okay. Just because it's like, it's great to see Thor in real world, uh, Hulk, in real world settings. Mm -hmm. It's fun and it, and it, it makes it more real. I guess, to me at least, it's like, oh, look, he's in New York. Right. Oh, look, he's in France. To put him into a, CG, a full CGI environment, to me, that's going to lean hard into the, oh, this is a cartoon. It could. Uh, and it kind of is because it's CGI. So I'm a little, I'm, I'm hesitant. I like real stuff. And, I, and that's one of, I'm not crazy about them taking Hulk and putting them in this place, I mean, it's appropriate. That's why I'm not like, I'm not dying for Planet Hulk because that to me is like, okay, that we're talking Lantern Corpse. We're talking about pure sci-fi fantasy, which has zero reference to reality. And it can work. It worked for Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's not like it can work if they do it right. right. But even in Guardians of the Galaxy, they had like a normal guy. Yeah. In but that world. In Asgard, there are still like Asgardian villagers or whatever like you kind of think in terms of like lord of the rings like where there are not everyone's a god not everyone's at thor level like his closest friends are kind of impressive they're good warriors but there are also people that are just like kind of normal townsfolk are there there are because i've not seen those people well, because typically assume... you're in the royal area where odin is yeah, see, so my thing with the with Asgard is my belief is because, you know, Thor was like, well, what is magic? It looks like magic to you, but it's science, you know? Right. He did, he pulled that thing with Picard where Picard talked to those proto-Vulcans, mm -hmm. and he's like, hey, you lived in caves before, right? Right. Well, now we're here. That's just what happened. So our what looks like magic to you is science to us. So in my mind, the people of Asgard just have nanotechnology to the point where they're almost indestructible and super strong. I don't I don't consider as guardians to have magic per se because it's not really brought up honestly that magic isn't really brought up that much. It's just technology that we are not capable of understanding. Yeah. But so and I, I, I and I and I haven't seen any normal Asgard people yet. And you're right, we've stayed in the palace. Right. But, you know, it's like up to now, we've only stayed in the palace. So that's yeah. what I know. And everyone seems to be super strong well, I can and tell super you from awesome. Reading the Hulk comics, when he would go to Asgard, like you definitely do stuff that's outside of that palace area. And uh -huh. there are times when th in Thor comic books, when he would go on these journeys or maybe one of his friends would go on a journey like Sif or whatever, and they'd be touring the countryside of Asgard. And they would encounter villagers or trolls or what have you. And, like, they certainly aren't armed with blasters or any sort of magic necessarily. It's just they're just kind of regular townsfolk kind of giving little tips on your journey moving forward. Like, it's very much an old Renaissance RPG type environment. But I think in, in accepting that, you could say have this little scrub village suddenly threatened by a giant troll or a frost giant or something very big and ominous, like maybe Surtur, the fire demon, or whatever. I think Hela's in this movie as well. Uh, anything of big, giant stature and like, oh my god, even Thor can't take this thing down, and then all of a sudden, uh-oh, Dr. Banner just got really angry really fast, and he's he's just whooping on this giant thing's face. I think it, it lends itself to a lot of 
entertaining scenes. Well, um, that brings up another question: like, why is Doctor Banner going? Is he going to see if Asgard has a cure because they're so advanced? Is he going because, or did he because just he doesn't feel safe yeah. on Earth? Mm-hmm. Well, in the in the comic books, there have been times when Loki, and there's also an animated show that did this, an animated movie that did this, which was like Hulk versus, I think, and in that and in the comic books. Loki has taken Hulk into Asgard because he knows he's the only one strong enough to to defeat his brother. So Loki tries to take control of Hulk and six him on Thor, gets him real riled up. And, you know, that certainly could work here as well. And Loki is currently ruling as Odin. Right. Secretly. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe maybe Hulk is Loki's new indestructible metal suit thing. The, yes, the destroyer armor, yeah. Uh maybe could be. I I just want to I I mean, I think the thing that has made this Hulk work is the the balance with Dr uh, Dr Banner. So, you know, I want to see Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I don't want to just see Hulk. So hopefully they put in a lot of him and uh, maybe he tries to break down some of the science because he's, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I, I'm I'm on the fence with that okay. one. I, I don't know how to feel about it well, yet. We haven't seen a single piece of footage yet, so it's easy yeah. to not be sold yet. Some news for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 yeah. is that Kurt Russell mm-hmm. is set to play Star-Lord's dad. It was crazy that they would reveal this thing that, after seeing the first Guardians of the Galaxy, was the main mystery of, like, who's Star-Lord's dad going to be? And people were speculating on characters from the comic book. Is it going to be Adam Warlock? Is it going to be this guy that actually is his comic book dad? Um, but it's neither. It's uh, apparently Ego, the living planet. And Kurt Russell plays Ego, the living planet. Uh, and it, All right. Well, I know nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. so feel free to elaborate. All right. So <laughs> what I've heard, the news stories I've heard, are that on the planet Ego, um, the planet was able to create a human-sized representation of himself. That okay, an avatar, an avatar, if you will. If you will. And he falls in love with, or Star-Lord's mother falls in love with him, vice versa. They Why wouldn't she? It looks like Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. And eventually they uh, sleep together and they wind up, she winds up bearing uh, Chris Pratt's character, Star-Lord. And this would help to explain why he could hold on to the red... Crystal thing yes, for so long. That is his in the last movie. Advanced lineage is that Ego, the Living Planet, is a super powerful character. He's actually the only planet that single-handedly was able to ward off Galactus, who is a planet-eating character. Wow, yeah. he's like, shoot, go away. No, basically, no. The, the two come no. to blows, and uh, Galactus is like, this is not worth my time. I'm moving on. Yeah, <laughs> where were you with that Silver Surfer? Yeah. What like, the crap, man? Like, you were supposed to tell me that this good dude could talk. He's like, dude, it's beyond even me. I'm going to fly I away don't like fast my, on my surfboard. I don't like my food talking back to me, man. <laughs> Find me a planet that doesn't well, talk back. I don't back. know, though. I mean, Kurt Russell has a busy schedule now. He's back in play because he's also now, he seems to be a regular. He's returning to the Fast and Furious franchise. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know what? Uh, my understanding is, have you seen any of the Fast and Furious movies? I have not seen them. I've avoided all of them. Well, I tell you, they're they're entertaining. They're they're definitely what you would call popcorn movies. Okay. Uh, and, and you know what? They're so bad they're good because they escape logic. Like the they become the Ocean's Eleven. They, like every movie is like you know. Okay, we're all criminals, but we care about family. Okay, now we're computer experts and we drive cars. Okay, you know you're an expert in this and you're an expert in that. And they all. Uh, you know, and it started with these these L.A. grease monkeys. You know, these these guys that just fix cars and they ripped off trucks in like the first movie or two, and now they're sent around the world as like, like you know by by government organizations that aren't on the books for black ops missions. Okay, and it's like it, this has happened so slowly that we've accepted it. So check your mind uh, at the door. Yeah, at the bromance. But I tell you what, for the movie being as stupid as it is, they handled Paul Walker's passing so respectably. So it was so touching their tribute to him at the end of the last movie. They don't kill off the characters, spoilers, Mm -hmm. hashtag. Uh, It's just like he's a father now, so he's not going to do it anymore. There he is playing on the beach with his family, and we're all looking lovingly at him in our white suits. And it's like, damn, man, this is pretty touching. And then at the end, he drives up, uh, like up, you know, the Pacific Coast Highway up a mountain hill, mm. and Vin Diesel goes the other way. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, he's going up higher now, Aww. you know. So it's like, good lord, Fast and the Furious, you weren't supposed to make me cry wow. at the end of this movie. What's wrong with you? <laughs> That's nice. Um, yeah. That's a nice so, way to send him off. It was. It was very. It was. It was very touching in the song they have for it. And it's like it's still making money, and it's still about making money. But it's somehow they were able to find just the right balance between we need to make money, so we're gonna make a pop song that makes money, and it actually is so very touching and very emotional about the guy who passed, who everyone seems to have loved on the set. Yeah. Um, so, but speaking of Fast and the Furious, I mean, Kurt Russell was in the last movie right. and he seems to be playing the role of like a black ops guy that will now be using the team for missions, kind of like the guy, the last season of the A-Team where some dude that I think would not Decker, but some new dude was like, you know what? You guys are going to work for me now and you're going to do government jobs. Because this is how we're going to try to save this show from cancellation. And they did not. But that's what happened. But the thing is, though, Kurt Russell's kind of busy now. And I don't know that all of his co-stars and executive producers of the movie are going to appreciate that. Uh And by all, I mean one. And by one, I mean Vin Diesel. Mm. And he's actually here now in my office. And he And he has something to say about Kurt Russell. So let me get the door. How he feels. Acting with him in Guardians of the Galaxy after having been with him in Fast and the Furious. Hey. Hey, Vin Diesel. What's going on? It's me, Vin Diesel. Should I call you Mr. Diesel? Yes, you should. Right. Uh, Mr. Diesel, nice to meet you, sir. Uh, Good to meet you, too. I hear that you've got some issues with Kurt Russell. Listen, tell Kurt he needs to come back to set. On Guardians of the Galaxy with you as Groot? No, he's come back to Fast and the Furious. Oh, so why? We need him here. Are you currently filming Fast and the Furious now? No, but we may need him. If we have to do reshoots, 
Sometimes I like to do reshoots. You? You like to do reshoots? Yes. Not the director? Yes, sometimes I don't feel that the line I gave was my best line. For example, we shot one scene where I said, it's all about family. And then two weeks later, I realized I could have done that better. So I called everyone back, and I redid it, and listened to how I do it now. It's all about family. That's do you see totally that? totally different. You check the nuance there. I see how completely that was worth so getting wait, oh, everyone oh. in the cast back. Yeah, we, we flew some people over. It was it was in Dubai oh, that we filmed that scene. That's horrible that you would make everyone fly for that one line. Yep. Well, that's that's we put perfection on the screen. Haven't you seen our movies? I've not. What? I'm sorry, I've never seen them. What? Oh no! Are you hulking out? What? Oh, God. What? The diesel's. You see how low my voice goes? <laughs> you got very angry at me. I'm sorry, I'm Mr. So Diesel. I'm so angry at you right now, Mr. Diesel. I will. I can't believe you haven't seen the movies. <laughs> Why do you hate Paul Walker? I don't hate Paul Walker. I'm sorry, he's you gone. You clearly hate Paul no. Walker. I have nothing against the man at all, honestly. Don't you say his name. I won't say his name. I'm sorry. You don't get to say his name. I'm sorry, Mr. Diesel. Now I am Groot. Yeah, that's your famous line from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's been, it took three weeks to get that right. So now, three weeks? Three weeks. Wow. Had to call everyone back oh, to space. <laughs> you were actually we were filming in it in space. space. Well, just me. Just you. I went up in the shuttle to do all my voiceover work because I told them, where, where does this movie take place? And they said, in space, a, in the galaxy. And I said, I have to be in the galaxy. You're a very method actor. I said, said, I said send me to the right galaxy. They said, we can't do that. Oh, no. I said, the hell you can. Oh, no. And that's what delayed the movie for five years. Oh, God. It was supposed to be the first Marvel movie. Wow. Phase one. I didn't know that. That's but I told them... We got to do it in space. So now you play a tree in... I'm the Iron Giant. No, not the Iron Giant. You play a robot in, in the Iron Giant. In Guardians of the Galaxy, you play a tree. Now... I can see in the dark. Kurt Russell plays an entire planet which has many trees. Is it possible that Groot came from the Kurt Russell planet? Groot doesn't come from Kurt... The, the Kurt Russell planet came from Groot. Oh, Really? One one time, grew grew so big that he had planets on his branches like apples, <laughs> and that was Kurt Russell. But then he had to protect Kurt Russell, so he wrapped around them and blew up, and he became a small stick, <laughs> but proportional to Kurt Russell. So that's how he became Groot size. Oh, interesting! And I can grow the size of bigger than the planet. That's amazing! I didn't know that Groot was that capable of that kind of power. Yeah, wow. rather die. Ride, ride or die. Yes, one of your rather die lines. Family's from important. Fast and the Furious. I'm assuming. So I'm on the I'm on the way here for Kurt. Are you getting Kurt right now? Is that what's happening? Is, is, that, is Kurt supposed to show up? Well, I asked you to bring Kurt to me. Oh God. So. I, I, he's not here. You know, he's actually on the set of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Why are you wasting my time? He's on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy, which they need you to I shoot that one line. They need to record the studio. you. I got people at the Fast and Furious set waiting for me for my one line with Kurt. You wasting my time. You wasting their time. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. You owe me $27,000. I don't have it. I do not have that money. Rather die. Oh, God. Then you're going to help me rob a truck, a semi-truck. Because we're in a full family now, you and me. You're my new Paul Walker. I am. R.I.P.D. Okay. I will be your whatever it is. I can't, I can't say his name. You told me not to say his name. Good. You're learning. <laughs> I'm out. All right. See ya. I'm going to triple X this bitch. Oh, God. Oh, wow, man. He just went out on a surfboard out the window down the side of the building. It's crazy. Why would he do that? Because uh, he said, um, I got a triple X this bitch. Oh, that's what he did in triple X. Another movie I never saw. What? Sorry. Oh, don't tell him that. <laughs> He'll be pissed, I'm sure. Why do you hate fun, stupid movies that are fun and stupid? Because <laughs> they're stupid, I think. Uh, or you're lost because they're fun, too. Okay. Uh, a little birdie told me, Alan, that you, mm. you, sir, yes, sir, you, sir, are boycotting. What did you call it? What are you boycotting? I called it the DC Cinematic Universe. The DCCU? That's what I thought of the DCCU. Ain't, ain't no such thing. Uh-oh. Tell me the proper. It's the DCEU. Oh, brother. The Detective Comics Extended Universe, Alan. Okay. Extended from what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But it is. All right. So they're extended. That's a good question because it's like, wait, do, do, does that include all the animated movies? Because there's a really good Suicide Squad animated movie. That's extended, right? S- spoilers on what we're going to talk about a little bit. <laughs> so I guess DC has made the choice of not calling it the cinematic universe because Marvel already does that. And they're like, if Marvel's doing it, we're not going to do it. Exactly. So let me ask you something though, Alan, why are you boycotting the DCEU? Because it's garbage. Um, I saw man of steel. I wasn't that impressed with it. I thought it had some, some moments, you know, but as a whole, I didn't think it represented Superman. And what are you talking about? Didn't you see the part where his parents said he should be selfish? Yeah, exactly. So I didn't think that that was or the part where he could have easily saved his father and come up with some excuse. But his father said, no, let me die. Yeah, I remember that after his father himself went out after a dog. Right. Well, I don't understand. What about the part where he, uh, you know, saved Metropolis and, and destroyed most of it? What are you talking about? I saw a lot of buildings go down. Hey, they were going to nuke it They, if he didn't do what he did. That was Avengers, I think. Oh, okay. Whatever. Same difference. Argus probably would have nuked it. Argus. The uh, the shield of the DCEU. Yes. Argus. Right. And what are, you, what are you talking about? Isn't Clark Kent like a reporter in the movie, or am I mistaken? Um, You know, the, I don't think he was in the first movie in... in, in um. At the end of the movie, at the end of Man of Steel, he becomes a reporter. Every other movie... Yeah, that's right. He was given a job, even though he clearly had no degree in journalism and no references or any work whatsoever in journalism. He was given a job at uh, what is presumably one of the country's largest newspapers. What is not to like about Man of Steel? he becomes a head reporter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, yeah, Man of Steel as a whole didn't win me over, so I haven't seen any subsequent sequels i.e. Batman versus Superman or Suicide Squad. Well, I feel you. 
And I have also not seen those movies. That's not to say I am not going to see those movies, but I am waiting for them to come on either Second Run Cinema or video or whatever the kids are calling home viewing these days. Uh, Digital download. Um, And I'm waiting for the Ultimate Edition to be rentable off of iTunes, and then I will rent it and I will watch it. Okay. Uh, and I will see it for myself, and I will probably do the same thing for Suicide Squad. Now, there's been some controversy regarding reviews, Mm -hmm. to the extent that there was a petition started to shut down Rotten Tomatoes. Incredible. Which, A, is ridiculous, because that's not how companies work. Right. Uh, You don't talk... Oh, we got enough signatures. I guess we'll have to shut down the the lights. I think you're saying boycott. Are you saying you want people to boycott Rotten Tomatoes? Nope. Stop working. Yeah, well, no, they don't have to do that. Nope. We said so. We we got enough signatures. We got half a million Did signatures. Did you? You guys got to stop working now. Okay. You understand that it's an aggregate site, and even if you stop Rotten Tomatoes, there's Metacritic, which is another site like Rotten Tomatoes, and there are the hundreds of reviewers that independently post on their various media sources. They got to stop, too. And IMDb also puts in reviews, and other sites put in reviews of uh, movies. We're going to get signatures to shut down every movie critic and make them stop. And you get that Rotten Tomatoes has a user scale, and the user scale was very positive for Suicide Squad. Well, they're fine. User scale will will allow. Well, you can't have one and not the other. It's part of the website. No, no, no. Whatever whatever voted for Suicide Squad, we're, we're in favor of. Oh, okay. I see. That's it, was, it was basically armies of Harley Quinn fans, I think. Yeah. So here's my thing. And this has been going on for a while. And it's not just Suicide Squad. I, I even It makes me think of Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Uh, not Ghostbusters 2, but Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters the reboot. Yes. yes. And there are people who are like, uh, you know, uh, I see what's happening here as kind of the Trump effect. And it's not just Trump. It's just like we seem to now be in a a world where if people don't like the opinions of experts, either the opinions or facts of experts, what they're starting to do is basically say, well, that doesn't feel right, so you should ignore it, or we should dismiss this information. Reviewers give their opinions. I see reviewers as advocates for us, actually, like Mm -hmm. an agent, like a real estate agent or a movie agent. They know the field. They're they're experts in a way, not all, like not 100% experts, but they, they're more knowledgeable, like a real estate agent. They know houses. So I go to a real estate agent, and I may see a house that I like, but then they're going to go in, and they're going to say, well, hold off. I think I can get you a better thing or at a better price. You know, I know what it takes for this house. I know what it takes when someone's trying to sell a house, and I think I can get you something better. You know, mm-hmm. that's what they do. They're, right. they're advocates because they know film. Yeah. And also, you know what? They see a lot of films. So it's like the, there's also a little bit of film fatigue because they see all the movies. Right. So little cliches, they they ring on them hard. And I think some adjust and some don't. Well, but that's, that's where the whole point of uh, Rotten Tomatoes having a distinguishment between the user rating and the critic rating, right? And 
and being an aggregate website, you know, regardless, to yeah. be a site that's like, that's why we're not just going with one person's opinion. Right. We're going with all the opinions, and here's like a bell curve of opinions. Mm-hmm. I and, and then you have these people that enjoy these movies, and that's fine. Hey, man, if you like Ghostbusters, great. I didn't like Ghostbusters, or and you and I, we, you know, right. you like Ghostbusters, I didn't. Right. I believe... That if done properly, there is a script that you would have still liked, mm-hmm. and I would have liked, sure. and more diehard fans would have liked. There, there was a balance that could have happened. And I think it's the same thing with Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. that there is a movie that could have happened if they didn't rush through it. They, the guy wrote the script in six weeks because they had to match his schedule because, God forbid, they take their time developing their universe, right. their extended universe, God forbid, and do it properly like Marvel did, but then everyone hates Marvel. Who hates you know, Marvel? then it becomes uh, the, the people are talking shit about Marvel and saying reviewers are on the pay the payrolls of Marvel oh, because okay. they're always they're always rating Marvel movies positively and DC <laughs> movies negatively. But here's the thing: mm-hmm. the Batman trilogy was super positively reviewed, and right. that was DC. Right. So that's bullshit. Of course, it's the studio that, like with Ghostbusters, the studio saw, hey. There's some mis- uh, misogynistic comments here. Not all of them. There's some criticisms that are valid mm-hmm. and criticism about reboot, but there are also some sexist dudes. Yeah. So let's filter out the valid criticisms, focus on the sexist stuff, send our PR people out to make this story about the fight against sexism. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what studios do in general now. They're trying to say, hey, man, don't listen to reviews. Just go and see the movie for yourself. And yes, you're the only one that will know whether you like a movie or not. But that doesn't invalidate the opinion of all reviewers. Of course. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's like Yelp, man. It's, it's there mm-hmm. for your use right. to guide you. It's a guiding tool. You don't have to follow it. Mm-hmm. And again, they even give you user feedback. Right. So, like, well, people, regular people liked it, and then you do your own calculus and you decide. And if you're the kind of person that's like, I don't like people deciding for me, I'll go for myself, that's great. But other people like to have that opinion because they want to be careful about how they spend their money. The saturation point of comic book movies, like, and this is coming from a comic book lover, it's like, I can pick and choose the comic book movies that come out now, right? I can see Civil War, I can see Ant-Man. You know, I don't have to settle for Batman versus Superman. I don't have to settle for Suicide Squad. Just because it's a comic book movie doesn't mean that I need to support it financially so that there's more comic book movies. They've got their support. They've got their fan base and they know how to make good movies. And they're going to make it regardless, man. Right. I don't need to give them money. They, they, you know, and and plus they've already they already have an excuse. It's Joe. We we've we promoted Jeff Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we promoted him, and everything uh, from a certain point going forward is going to be under his watch. So if this movie doesn't Paul do Fee well, for yeah, DC. Kevin Feig. Yeah, Kevin Feig. Thank you. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, and he sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders, and that he loves oh, yeah. the DC comic well, books. So, you know, he did a lot of stuff for the TV shows, right? He did uh, Flash and Smallville, and so he's proven to be successful outside of being a comic book writer, which he was also DC, very good at. DC Warner Brothers, you got to get rid of Zack Snyder, man. Yeah, even if he's not good, even if even if this has been a huge misunderstanding and he has very little responsibility for the choices, which I doubt. Mm. 
I, you know, it seems like he doesn't care for Superman or he can't comprehend like a Christopher Reeve type Superman. What? And people say you can't have that Superman. I say bullshit. If we give you those effects, he could be a Boy Scout. You wouldn't care as long as you have those effects. Oh, I agree with you. Absolutely. But I think with Zack Snyder is he's got some sort of a deal when he first signed with them that he was going to get a cut of every movie going forward. So it's like whether or not you're going to give him creative control, he's still going to be paid. I don't know. I think they're at this point. It doesn't matter, though. Pay the man, but you put him in front of the camera. He's great with cinematography. Make him the cinematographer. Make him the visual guy. But at this point, you have to make it clear that he's not calling the shots because that's divisive right there. Everyone's saying this guy's doing the best. There was even a letter released today, to not you know, to timestamp this. There's a, some letter from uh, someone who claims to have been a Warner Brothers employee. That's like, you know, you said you were laying us off because you, but you wanted to keep dedicated to the artist, and you're putting out crap. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with letting us off? You know, they're pissed. There was this great thing from that. It's like if I'm a donut maker and I make bad donuts, I get fired. Of course. You know, they don't wait for me to make a good donut every now and again. They fire me Mm -hmm. so like even if we can't get rid of Zack Snyder it needs to be clear and it kind of was with the Joff Jones mood and maybe that's all it needs but it needs to be maybe more crystal clear now that Suicide Squad which was supposed to do great got super mixed to bad reviews now that Zack Snyder after Justice League because he's directing that so he's already got that M. Night Shyamalan stink on it Maybe after that, things will go well, but they got to like, okay, he's, you know, he's our visual guy. Yeah. He's a great visual it, guy. That's what we use him for. He's not the story guy. The movie studio is already committed to making all these movies going forward. They've released the trailer for Justice League. They've released the trailer for Wonder Woman. Those are Comic-Con, San Diego uh, news releases that we didn't even touch upon in this recording. But uh, the, the, I just wasn't interested in them because of the bad taste in my mouth I've got from these other previous movies and you know part of me is exactly what you're saying is like maybe it's time to just teach them a lesson just stop giving them our money for these subpar movies they're making until i hear a good review about one going forward i'm not gonna see it yeah i mean i think the general message is it's if you like a movie great man but don't hate on people who don't they just don't like it you don't not wrong to not like it what makes our country and it's beautiful. not some conspiracy yeah they just don't agree mm. so they'll be like you should pay your money you should you should look with your own eyes no i i like to save my money and use it you know for other stuff yeah wisely mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pay for donna justice ultimate blu-ray v versus vbv but uh you know i'll do it for cheap mm-hmm. because i don't want to give them full price ticket I want them to know that you know what I expect better, man. You make you make enough money off these things that you can take the time to make them better. They're not going anywhere, man. These products are not going anywhere. You act like you're in a race. Before people don't like comic book movies anymore, it's going to be a while before people get tired. And your thing is a unique thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even if people are like, I'm tired of Marvel, DC's different. And people want to see that on screen, mm-hmm. but they want to see it right. Yeah. So and if anything's right. going to okay. drive people away from comic book movies, it's making bad comic book movies. Yes. Uh, the Killing Joke yes. controversy. Oh, my goodness. All right. So original Killing Joke, as it was published, was a story about Joker breaking out of Arkham 
he winds up kidnapping uh, Commissioner Gordon shortly after he had wounded seriously Barbara Gordon by shooting her through the uh, through the belly and, and uh, damaging her spine. Um, he shows pictures of uh, a desecrated Barbara Gordon to Jim Gordon in an attempt to make him insane. That's the Joker's plan in this uh, story. Yeah, his thing is all it takes is one bad day. One bad day to make someone go crazy. So he's basically saying, I'm just like everyone else. I just had a really bad day, and that's why I'm the way I am. Uh, Which, technically speaking, the existence of Batman uh, already defeats and or uh, justifies that, but he doesn't know mm -hmm. Batman's deal. Right. So he can't use Batman as an example. Batman should have just been like, I had a bad day. Look at me. Well. And he's like, oh, you are crazy. See, I was right. It's like, yeah, you were right. You don't have to shoot her. Or, look, I'm a good guy. You're, you're an asshole. And that's kind of so the point. So you're wrong. It's kind of the point. Yeah, it's like normal people certainly don't dress up as bats and, and jump around Gotham City. But, uh, yeah, clearly Bruce Wayne had a bad day when he was a kid. The, that's kind of the point of the story is they're two sides of the same coin. Um, but then ultimately they sort of make amends at the very end of the, of the book. That's the story in a nutshell. What the new animated movie does is it introduces a completely new concept to that story, which is some sort of a romantic sexual relationship between Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, and Batman. The only time I've ever seen that even done was mentioned in Batman Beyond from a middle-aged Barbara Gordon reflecting on it in her past, which was a little I think little you're being generous when you say she was middle-aged. She had full-on white hair. Okay. Well. She was like, she was in her late 50s, maybe 50s, 60s. Okay. So, but she was getting up there. Fine. Late middle-aged, early elderly. But it kind of made a little bit more sense because, like, who knows what age that they finally hooked up and the age difference didn't really matter. In the killing joke, they're still costumed jumping around Gotham. So she's like maybe late teens or early 20s while he's got maybe almost a decade on her. And there's already this mentor-mentee relationship because they're still in costume. So it's very much like a teacher-student relationship. We know that's already frowned upon in our society, but it happens. And to, to kind of degrade Batman's character like that didn't sit well with most fans that heard about this. Yeah, he's like a mentor slash uncle. Right. You know, because his friend, that's the daughter of like someone I guess he consider one of his closest friends. Jim Gordon, Or sure. colleague, at least, professional colleague. So, so my understanding, and I haven't, um, I haven't seen the movie, and quite frankly, I don't think I've ever like, read the comic. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there's been so many spoilers. My understanding is that they did this because Barbara Gordon was like basically a tool like just a thing in the movie that they use to, you know, for the plot. It's like, right. oh, you know, Alan Moore was like, oh, I'm going to use this character, DC. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. According to him, he asked him and they said, sure. And he was like surprised mm -hmm. that they let him basically destroy this character. Yeah. And eventually someone else, two other people are like, eventually they brought her back as Oracle. Right. And then eventually they like restored her, mm -hmm. um, you know, through some experimental surgery because like this is a great character. That was awful thing to do. Right. So the makers of this movie, like responding to the criticism that Barbara Gordon was like kind of used and abused mm -hmm. 
as just like a, a thing in this in the in the comic they're like okay let's let's give, let's put her in the outfit let's show her like let's give her more of an active role but i think they, they you know they they double messed up right. because now they made it this sexual thing yeah. and spoilers that maybe she quits being batgirl because batman pissed her off mm-hmm. So like you know, it's like I don't want to be Batman, Batgirl anymore. So that even makes it kind of worse. Yeah. And now Batman is doing this because he also, he kind of like he kind of like throws her shade and ghosts out after they do it because he's embarrassed, but he doesn't handle it well because he's Batman. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and then I think spoiler again, I think they tack on at the end where now I'm going to be Oracle. So those are the things that they tacked on. If I'm not mistaken, right. but it's like a backstep almost. It's like it's worse. You made it worse. Yeah, yeah. You made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, it. It's funny because I'm. I'm approaching it as someone who definitely was familiar with the storyline. And no, I haven't seen the animated movie that we're discussing. However, you and I have both clearly read a lot of the reviews summaries of of this issue. Um. In my opinion, if someone takes issue with how Barbara Gordon's used in the movie, you simply say you don't approach a movie based on killing joke without expecting it to be a movie based on killing joke. That's how she was used in the story. That's how she's going to be used here. And if you want to see more Batgirl stories, you read other Batgirl stories, you know, and then and there have been some it. there's been like a re a rebirth. Well, rebirth of all of them. But, you know, like there have been some really cool updated stories about Batgirl from what I understand. They've even updated their costume where it's more functional Mm -hmm. and less like, look at me. And another thing too, it's like, if you wanted to, you could have maybe some montage in the beginning of the movie where you just show her being a badass as Batgirl. But as far as romantically having her in a relationship with Batman, it seems like what I'm hearing is that was an attempt to make a visceral emotional reaction from Batman to think of her being, whether it be molested, uh, physically harmed, all this stuff that may have happened to this character and taking it personally. It's like, that's my girl. You just assaulted my girl. It's like, that's not how Batman approached this. It's a horrible thing. He's, he's got a friendship with her, but it's also commissioner Gordon's daughter. And on top of everything, he's Batman. Regardless of if he knew her or not, he's going to have issue with Joker doing this to an innocent civilian. You know, I, I just, I, I just, I, I can't imagine the writers' room. I feel like it was a bunch of like, like guy, like you know, like guys that still call women broads and like trying to, <laughs> like doing this backwards kind of thing. Like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Okay, listen, we got to extend it. We got okay. So she goes out. She she fights a little bit, the little darling, and then you know she's a she's a hot broad. He's a hot guy. So they hook up, and then he doesn't talk to her anymore. And you know how broads are. They get pissed when you don't talk to them after you do it. <laughs> so she quits. And there you go. Easy peasy. Then we put her in the chair at the end with the computers and whatever, because, you know, dames can do it, too. Great. Let's do it. And now he ain't going to sleep with her because she's paralyzed, so you can't do that. And he already did it with her once, so why do it again? Am I right, boys? we already hit that. So here's what you do for real 
you have Barbara, either she has a close call mm-hmm. and she's like, uh, you know what, I just feel like I can't do this anymore. Or she pursues law or something and she realizes I can't be a vigilante mm-hmm. and study the law. It's a conflict. Right. I have a real issue with doing this, so I'm afraid I'm going to have to retire. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm getting too old for this shit kind of thing. Even though she's in like her young 20s, maybe she has a close so call, uh, a call so close that she's like, I got to step back before I I almost died. Mm -hmm. And what would I tell my father? He wouldn't forgive you. I can't put that on you. Yeah. You know, something like that. So I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. So then it's even harder. It's like, oh, man, she just quit the business. She was two That's days awful. Away from retirement and now she was she two days away from retirement. And there you go. The Joker anyway, in her comfort well, of her own you know home. what? She, I got into a graduate program in California. I'm moving. Mm-hmm. So I have to quit. No, it's a good point. Something like that. Yeah, if she, if she hangs up the cape voluntarily and it's just, I am just... I'm just taking it easy. I'm going to avoid danger from here on out. And then trouble finds her. And then she still gets shot. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely a powerful thing. And and look, it's not damsel in distress because we know Batgirl is a superhero from watching countless other cartoons or reading countless other comic books. It's not a mystery to us that there is a Batgirl who is actually Barbara Gordon in real life. She was on the freaking 60s TV show for crying out loud. And you know what? Honestly, let's be frank. If you're going to change it, maybe you change the scene where she gets shot. Maybe she fights back a little bit. And then he sucker punches her or something, and then he does it. Maybe you change that, too. Mm -hmm. Give her a little fight where it's just like, oh, look, a gun, boom. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it because it's like he caught her off guard. She didn't expect it. So, of course, it's like, boom. But at the same time... Man, make her a fighter, and then she gets shot. Mm -hmm. You know, make that a fun scene where she's, like, grappling with these guys, and she almost gets away, but then, boom, you're not getting away. Yep. And there you go. I think, and to make that work, let's say it's the Joker's thug that she answers the door for, and they get into it, fisticuffs. She, She pretty much takes him down, but as she's about to do the final blow, he waltzes in and shoots her. Yeah, like boom. Because and then he's like, and then he starts talking. Oh, that was good. Right. You did a real good job there. While she's just like collapsing because yeah. she just got shot. Because that's the ultimate thing. It's like Joker, as unassuming as he is, he's certainly not a strong character physically. He's not a great fighter, but he always seems to get the drop on the greatest fighter in the world in Batman. So you kind of have to give him this extra ability to get the drop on someone like Batgirl. You know, you can't let him be flawed necessarily because he's that much of a menacing character. Oh, well, we just fixed your movie for you, DC Expanded Universe. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm thinking we need to have a a new segment that's like, let's fix this. Mm -hmm. Let's fix blank. Mm -hmm. You know, where we fix movies. I think we can can maybe start with Superman 3 or Ghostbusters reboot. Okay. (laughs) Let's fix blank. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how we make adjustments, both minor and major, to fix things that are broken. But to fix this, just skip ahead for that part where they add stuff that wasn't in the comic. Find that, and there you go. Mm -hmm. Just go through a couple of chapters. You're welcome. (laughs) 
But yeah, and, and, I, and that's so mind-boggling because people, I mean, there was even a, con- and I'm sure that it was already in production, but there was even a controversy like last year when they had a cover that emulated the killing joke yeah. where it was the Joker with, and people fucking, they did not like it that. It was Batgirl in bondage. It must, I have a feeling this movie was a direct response to that. I don't think they expected that response to that cover. And so now they're like, we got to make Barbara stronger on some level. How do we do it? And they came up with this, which was clearly not the way to go. That's it for today, I think. I think we've I covered think a bunch so. of topics. Yes, this may even be a twofer. I think it could so be. I need to go down now and get my laundry from the dryer, unless it's already been stolen by homeless oh. people. So no, it's, I'm sure it's fine. It's only going to be one pissed off person who's waiting for me to get my laundry. But it was a slow night, so I think it's okay. okay. Um, all right, this is uh, Carlos signing off from Chicago. Oh, uh, folks, you can find me on Facebook at Car- uh, Carlos RVRA, Carlos Rivra, and you can find out the shows I'm doing. I'm currently doing a August Saturday night, 9 o'clock run in Confessions uh, from the D-List, and I'm doing some other shows too, so just go to my Facebook group and uh, add yourself to me, and then you can see the events, and you'll know what I'm doing if you're in the Chicago land. How about you, Alan? And you can see some of my work i've got some videos on the geeks of comedy fan page on facebook as well so check out the geeks of comedy on facebook all right another one in the books all right guys say hi to rahm emanuel for me (laughs) will do bye bye